Welcome to Hashtag Travel Talks. It's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing. And here's your host, Nolly Nicholas. So welcome to another episode of Travelcast. And today I have the pleasure of having Kila de Bernstein. Kila, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Yeah. Can you say present yourself to our audience? Absolutely. So my name is Kilad Berenstein, and I'm the founder and CEO of Utrip. Utrip is a destination discovery and trip planning platform where we combine human experts like chefs, artists, historians, tour guides, and others with machine learning and artificial intelligence to make trip planning easy. And then ultimately, we license that platform and all those capabilities to make recommendations to customers. We license that to hotels, to airlines, to cruise lines, and to other organizations in the travel space in order to help them engage travelers, sell them, and learn about their preferences. Okay. And I contacting you because I see that you are going to speak at the Eyes for Travel in San Francisco. And I can see the subject of your, let's say, talk will be then how to measure the customer, not the marketing channels. What can you tell us more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, as we look at most of digital history, digital marketing history, what we see is that most people have been measuring marketing channels, <laughs> meaning how many people go to my Facebook page, how many people like something, how many people open an email that I sent to them. And it's understandable. It's very hard to measure anything else. And these channels are typically within your control. So it's why people measure them. But ultimately, what we actually want to measure, and these things are typically just a proxy for, is the impact that we're having on a consumer. We want to know, is the consumer going down the funnel? <laughs> is the message we are sharing resonating with this consumer? Is this consumer more likely to stay at my hotel or book my cruise line or come to my city or state for their next trip? Yes. And ultimately, one of the things that we're going to be helping, one of the things that YouTube helps our partners to do, and that I'm going to hopefully be able to help the audience that I for travel to do as well, is to better track the customer. So instead of saying, how many times did they look through my email, a better question is, Are they progressing down the funnel? <laughs> Did they first interact in the dreaming phase and then they interacted again in the booking phase? Or another question, instead of saying, how long does a customer spend on my website, which ultimately is a broken measure because you spend a long time either because you like it or because it's confusing and you're not able to do it yourself. So sometimes a short visit is actually better than a long visit because you've helped that consumer figure out or answer the question or the answer. So instead of just looking at how much time they spend on, on the site, you ask the question, does the content I shared with them resonate? Is it relevant for them? And if you can answer that question, you can better understand um, how your investment is doing. So that's the type of information I'm going to be sharing. And ultimately at Utrip, what we try to do is to use data about customer preferences and behaviors in order to help our partners understand where the customer is in the life cycle and whether or not their messages are resonating. And how do you think, I would say, analytics can improve that targeting and more understanding the customer? Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, instead of measuring, on the same, on the same vein that we were talking about a second ago, instead of measuring 
just things like length. We want to measure things like So analytics about a customer's preferences are going to help us understand a lot about them. For example, based on the type of content they interact with, we're going to be able to know if they're in the dreaming phase, meaning maybe someday I want to go to Rome on a trip, but I'm not ready to go now, <laughs> dreaming about what I can do, versus someone who's taking actions that actually indicate to us that they are looking to plan a trip right now. So if you should, just one simple example, one of the things we ask consumers is, do you have specific dates, do you have a season, or you don't even know? And based on information, we get a clue as to where the customer is. If you have specific dates you're thinking about going to Rome on, then that's pretty clear that this trip is not only real, but it's something that you're trying to move down into the booking funnel now. Versus if you just know that you want to do a summer trip, then we can probably say that you're thinking about it seriously, maybe you're going to do it in the next one or two or three years. Um, and then ultimately, of course, if you say, I have no dates at all, then we know that you're probably still dreaming and very far away from actually making the transaction. Okay, and what do you think, because we are, you were talking about data and machine learning, but for now, for some, it's a brand, it's more than a buzzword that's an actual thing to put in place. What did you, how can you explain this huge gap? With the technology, that's a good question. And one of the things that's important to always remember about the travel industry is that most of the companies, most of the large players in the travel industry are not inherently technology businesses. They are businesses that operate hotels or operate airplanes or operate cruise ships or operate tours. Um, so a lot of our industry is not inherently technology people and it's not even inherently data people when it comes to data um, about preferences rather than you know data about schedules or something like that. So ultimately, I think that there is a huge gap in this challenge in adopting new technology in our industry. And ultimately, what we've seen is companies like Utrip and many others who are coming up and trying to provide out-of-the-box solutions to solve specific parts of the travel experience. For example, there's a startup called Go to uh, Rome to Rio, excuse me. And Rome to Rio is a really cool app that allows you to look at all the various transportation options you have between two places. So for example, I just was recently on my honeymoon in the Maldives, and we stayed at two different hotels owned by the same parent company. And ultimately, what we wanted to figure out is how to get between the two of them. And it took a little bit of effort. We had to open Google, and we had to look at different options, and we looked at flights, and we looked at taking a boat, and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, if this brand had a partnership with Rome to Rio, in one click, they could have shown me all the various ways of getting between Hotel One and mm -hmm. Hotel Two in a much more seamless experience. And not only would I enjoy that and appreciate that, as a consumer, but I would be more likely to stay with them again because they make it really easy for me to plan my trip. So that's one example of how, you know, of another startup that's bringing really cool information. The other thing I would say is that no company has to start with everything on day one. Yeah, of course. It can be, exactly, right? Because data can be very intimidating um, for anyone, but especially for organizations that historically have not been data-driven organizations. So ultimately, I would say there's a whole lot of data that's probably being sent to you from your Google Analytics, from other products you're using. Utrip partners have Utrip data. Um, and what I would say is I would say focus on a few important pieces of data. 
do your analysis at first and figure out what really matters for our organization. Is our goal to build brand awareness? And thus, what really matters for us is top of funnel engagement. Is our goal to increase share of wallet? And that's what matters to us is selling more on the ground tours. Just figure out what those three data points are that really make an impact on your business and begin to track those on a daily basis or at the very least on a weekly basis. And by doing that, not only will you begin to build expertise within that one specific area, but you will begin to educate yourself and change the culture of your company to become a culture that is more about data and that is more... Um, you know, focus on using the latest capabilities to drive superior business results. And it's easy to do it if you just take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And do you think also that the use of data is also important for destination, for example? If um, Switzerland, they want to be better with their brands, maybe, should, maybe they should that look at their data if they have any. Exactly right. So ultimately, YouTube works with, with a large number of destination marketing organizations for tourism ministries. And we think data is really important. So first off, I would say um, for any destination, what they need to understand is that their visitors are coming for different reasons. And that means if you're a Switzerland, for example, Americans probably go to Switzerland for a slightly different reason than Germans, and they probably go for very different reasons than Chinese people. And the idea is you've got to begin to understand that. So you've got to begin to segment your data, to segment your, your feedback into various types of travelers you're trying to attract. And this might be a difference based on age, it might be a difference based on budget, it might be a difference based on home country or home city. Uh, just one way that you really need to think about that. If you look at, for example, Israel's tourism ministry, in the United States alone, the Israeli tourism ministry has four or five different websites for different audiences. One for the Jewish traveler, one for the Christian traveler, one for the young traveler that's looking for tech and fashion mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Specifically talking to different audiences, I think that's one of the reasons they've been really successful. So that's one thing that I would say um, our des uh, destinations really can do in order to better get a better return on their investment. The second piece that's really important is to really try to measure what's resonating. And we have one example of one of our destination partners that for many years believed that sports tourism was a big reason why people came to their city. And they believed that they had great sports teams and that really drew people. And what we found by working with Utrip is that only about 1.4% of their total visitors actually listed sports as one of the key reasons that they were coming to this destination. So ultimately, for years and years, this organization spent a big percentage of their advertising budget on sports tourism and were getting a very small return on their investment. And using data, they were able to refocus and to realize that shopping was actually one of the biggest reasons people came to their destination and to refocus their budget to get a better return by focusing on those things that matter to customers. Oh, I see. And um, what do you think about new technology like the voice assistant, like Amazon Echo or Google Home in the, yeah. in the, say, in the travel's life cycle? Yeah, so, so I think the voice is at the very beginning. Um, I think most people who work with voice would agree with that. Um, there were really just in chapter one 
of the way the voice is ultimately going to be used. I think the voice has a huge place in our industry. There are lots of pieces of information or actions that a traveler takes that voice assistant is really good for. For example, what time is my flight? How long should I leave at the airport? When is checkout of my hotel? Give me a restaurant that's really close to my hotel that serves sushi or whatever the example may be. These are the types of things that a voice assistant is just perfect for. Or additionally, for updates or announcements in the room. Um, the idea there is, you probably see in a lot of hotels are adopting Alexas um, to be put in their hotel rooms. So different announcements about your dinner reservation is coming up, or we're having live music in the lobby. So I think there's a huge place for um, voice in our industry, but I don't think it's endless. If we think about travel, photos are an enormously important part. Photos and video, so visual, visual <laughs> is an incredibly important part of travel, right? When we think about going on a trip, if you and I were getting coffee and I was to tell you about my honeymoon, you would probably enjoy the story. I hope at least you enjoy the story. You would really want to see a photo. Yes. You grab your phone, you grab your computer and say, show me what the Maldives actually looks like. And that's the thing that's really important to say is while I am very bullish on voice and I think voice will have a big role in our industry, I do think that it is limited because of the need for photo, whereas there's other industries where the need for visuals are less important, where voice will probably play a bigger role. And when do you think about VR also? Because you're talking about photos and videos. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, same thing. So I think VR has a big role in our industry, especially in the dreaming phase and the storytelling phase, right? The storytelling phase is a little bit far away because most people don't have cameras that can capture VR footage, um, even though I bet we are five to 10 years away from our phones being able to capture some of that. I know that some phones already begin to capture VR footage today. Um, so I think there will be a big part of that in the future of sharing where I'll come back from my honeymoon in the Maldives and I can send you my VR file mm -hmm. and you will be able to walk my room and see the beautiful view. That actually I think is a little bit further away. What I think is closer is VR through dreaming. So brands providing VR content that we can view so that, you know, so the St. Regis in the Maldives can say, hey, look at our beautiful hotel. Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, Emirates Airlines can say, walk through our first class and this is why you have to you know fly with us um i think that's a little bit closer but again because vr at least right now requires a headset yeah. requires a specialty piece of hardware it's going to be a long time between the average before the average person um you know is going to have that if you look at a company like expedia they have a hundred million people a month who go to expedia's website Ultimately, we have to assume that that one hundredth of one percent at most have a VR headset, probably even less than that. Um, and it's going to be a long time before five percent or ten percent of those people have VR headsets. So I think it's cool, but I think it's a little bit away. And uh, especially about talking about VR, I was speaking with another guest, and I told him that maybe one day we can find in your travel agency some VR helmet so you can pre-view your destination and say, yes, I want to go to that country because I was able to see what is uh, down here. What do you think? Of exactly right. 
Exactly. I mean, that's exactly the example I was trying to make with the Hotel Nivaldi, right? That would be a destination-sponsored content in the same way that a hotel or an airline would sponsor content. But I think you're exactly right. I think we're going to go to a travel agency, or more likely, we're going to sit at home, and the travel agency is going to send us content that we can put on our own VR headset at our house um, at 100%. And we'll walk down the streets of you know, Chicoatere, and based on that, we'll choose which of the five towns we want to stay in. Um, or we'll be able to, you know, VR ski down the different mountains of the world so we could choose which mountain we're to actually go ski in. I think that's really cool, but again, I think it's a little bit further away. Yeah, okay. So, Gilad, what would be for you the, the trend for this year, in 2018? Well, so... So, in the tra I'll give you three in the travel industry. Yeah. So, I think there's three really important trends that I'm seeing. One is personalization. Obviously, it's much bigger than travel. This is true in every industry. But I think finally, our industry is caught up. Um, and we can see personalization being brought out by all the big brands, along with a lot of small companies as well. So, personalization, and it's not just in the booking path. It's every step of the life cycle. It's personalizing the list of hotels you show me on your website. It's personalizing the stuff that's sitting in my room when I check in. And it's personalizing the thank you note that I get back from the hotel afterwards. But doing all of this in a scalable manner, of course, not the old-fashioned way, one by one. So that's one. Second, I think, is the importance of the underground experience. Whether it's JetBlue, whether it's Hilton, whether it's you know Tui or any of the big brands in the world that we work with and others, Focusing on the on-the-ground experience, selling tours and attractions and what people do on the ground is becoming really important, not just because it's a great revenue source, and there's a lot of brands that are looking for this as one of the future sources of revenue, um, but also because this is one of those things that customers really care about, right? Utrip has said from the very beginning that people don't travel to sit in a hotel room or to sit in <laughs> That's true. Uh, so brands are really beginning to focus on that, both as an offering to consumers and a way to make money. And then the third one, um, which connects these two, is a focus on inspiration. Mm -hmm. And the idea that historically brands have really focused all their efforts and money on the booking phase, which makes perfect sense. That's what they're in business to do, is to sell something. Um, but they're beginning to understand that in order to build loyalty, and in order to get that re repeat customer, they have to focus more on the dream state, which is where they capture a person's imagination. So those are three trends that I think are very big macro trends in our industry. And ultimately, at trip, we are trying to utilize all three of those trends to bring our partners, our hotels and airlines and cruise lines, the best technology to accomplish this. And uh, last and not for least, what do you think about also experience? Because you talk about inspiration. Uh, what about experience? Well, I mean, experience is everything, right? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, when we think about the beginning of U-Trip, experiential travel um, has always been in our form, right? One of the things that I have is that everyone's a hipster now. And what I mean by that is that we all have our own set of unique interests. I'm a foodie. My wife is really into specialty hiking. <laughs> One of my best friends is a wine snob. My coworkers are coffee lovers. Everyone has something that makes them unique, something they're really into. And ultimately, as we travel, because of that, we want to have these unique set of experiences, and we want them to feel authentic, both authentic to us and who we are. Mm -hmm. None of us want to feel like the 
one-size-fits-all type of person, and two, authentic to the destination and making sure that when we're in Rome, we really experience Rome. And when we're in Shanghai, we really experience Shanghai. Um, that, I think, is really important. So I think experiential is everything. Okay. So, Gilad, thank you for your time. So, Cole, how can you reach you on internet? Absolutely. So, LinkedIn, of course, Gilad Berenstein. Um, and all of my information is on our site, utrip.com for consumers and utrippro.com for businesses. Okay. Thank you for your time and uh, wish you a nice day. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.